Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Church Podcast. We hope that the message today encourages you. For additional resources to inspire you in your journey with Christ, connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Enjoy today's podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Plainfield Christian Church. Uh, I mean, my spare bedroom. (laughs) The church building is closed for the next couple Sundays, so we had to get creative. From my home to yours or wherever you're listening from today, thanks for joining us. Last week, Steve kicked off a new series called A Year with Jesus' Best Friend. Yes, that is right. We are spending one whole year on one series. We're going to be studying the writings of John the Apostle. Those writings include the Gospel of John, the letters of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and the book of Revelation. John was called the disciple Jesus loved, and that's why we're calling him Jesus' best friend. Because he was so close to Jesus, we can learn a lot from him. John also lived longer than any of the other disciples. He saw the church grow and face new challenges. And because of that, his book contains stories and addresses issues that are not mentioned in other parts of the New Testament. Today, we are going to dive deeper into the Gospel of John. But before we begin, I want to remind you of the purpose of this Gospel. Here's what it says in John 20, 31. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. And that's certainly what we hope for you during this series. That being said, please open your Bibles to John 1.35. That's where our story begins. This is the story of Jesus' first interactions with some of his disciples. Here's what it says. The next day, John the Baptist was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher. Where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who followed Jesus. In this story, we see two disciples. One is Andrew. The other is not named, but it was probably John, the author of this book. John is obviously one of the main characters. He's the one telling the stories, but he rarely refers to himself by name. So Andrew and John were disciples of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was a really famous teacher. He probably had a lot of disciples. So why were only Andrew and John with him at this time? Well, maybe they had been chosen for a special assignment. Maybe they came in on their day off. Whatever it was, we can assume that these men were two of John's best disciples. I think something really interesting happens here. When John sees Jesus, he looks at his disciples, two of his best, and essentially says, that's the man that you should be following. And there's a lesson there. We should always point to Jesus. We should always give Jesus our best. So, Andrew and John go to Jesus. Jesus looked at them and asked, what do you want? Jesus had a way of cutting to the heart of the issue. 
And one of the ways he did that was by asking questions, because that would allow him to determine somebody's true motives. After Jesus asked, what do you want? Andrew and John said, where are you staying? And that was probably a polite way for them to ask, can we hang out with you? I think they asked Jesus where he was staying because they didn't expect an important teacher like him to spend any time with him, at least then and there. They probably thought he was busy. Maybe they could meet him later. But Jesus said, come and see, which is surprising. So they followed him to where he was staying and spent the day with him. John said it was about four in the afternoon. John was so impacted by his first encounter with Jesus that he remembered exactly when it happened. Andrew and John wanted something from Jesus. They wanted to spend time with him. They wanted to follow him. The truth is we are all searching for something. My mom is from a small town in Southern Indiana called Bicknell. It's just Northeast of Vincennes, if you know where that is. A couple of years ago, we celebrated Bicknell's 150 year anniversary. There was a parade and some other activities, but the main event that weekend was opening a time capsule. The time capsule had been buried 50 years before. At the time it was buried, my mom was in the third grade. She put some stuff in the time capsule as a part of a school project. My grandpa also put some stuff in that time capsule. He passed away 15 years ago, so we were excited to see what he left in there. We thought we might be able to have some type of connection to him through that. And we really had no clue what he put in there. So that day, we walked down to the park where the time capsule was buried. A lot of people were there, at least by Bicknell's standards. And eventually, they began to lift the time capsule out of the ground. They set the time capsule down. They pried it open. But when we looked inside, it was filled with water. I'm going to show you a picture of the time capsule. If you look closely, you can see water inside of it. And everything's just floating. Everything in the time capsule was essentially destroyed. Here's a picture of the package my grandpa put inside. We were so excited to open this time capsule. We thought it would give us some type of connection to my family's past, especially my grandpa. But in the end, we were just disappointed. And that's the way life works. If you're looking for satisfaction from something on this earth, you will likely be disappointed. If you're watching today, my guess is you're seeking something. People generally don't come to church for no reason. Maybe you want a better marriage. Maybe you want a better life for your kids. Maybe you're longing for significance. Maybe you want peace during these troubling times. Maybe you want to go to heaven. Maybe you want a closer relationship with God. And a lot of those are really good things. Here's something that I want you to know. If you seek Jesus, he will never disappoint you. Jesus will give you everything you need, and he is able to give you so much more. If Jesus was sitting across from you right now, he would look at you and say, what do you want? And then he would say, come and see. Jesus, the God of the universe, is inviting you to have a relationship with him. The question is, what do you want? There's more to this story, so let's pick back up in verse 41. It says, The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. 
Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. So after having this amazing experience with Jesus, the first thing Andrew did was tell his brother Simon. Jesus gave Simon a new name, Cephas, or Peter. That name means rock. And I think one of the reasons Jesus gave Simon this name was because he was as stubborn as a rock. Just read any story about Peter. However, Simon Peter would also one day become an unshakable follower of Christ. And we'll see that more and more as we study the Gospel of John. Let's continue in verse 43. It says, The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. In ancient times, most disciples had to find their own rabbis. Sometimes their families would actually try to find rabbis for them. But as Jesus began his ministry, he did something different. He called his disciples. He made the first move. And that says a lot about the kind of relationship that he wants to have with his followers. Jesus was different than every other rabbi. He's also different than every other god. Here's one example. In many religions, God sends books to people to tell them what to do. But that's not what Jesus did. He did not send a book. Instead, he came to earth because he wanted everyone to know him. And that includes you. Jesus wants, you, Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. He made the first move. You just have to choose to follow him. Now we're in verse 44. It says, Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. After meeting Jesus, the first thing Philip did was find his friend Nathanael and tell him that Jesus was the Messiah. I think Nathaniel's response is kind of funny. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? I graduated from Avon High School, and back in the day, Brownsburg was our big rival. I don't really get the whole town rivalry thing, but that's what this could have been. There could have been a rivalry between Nazareth, where Jesus was from, and Bethsaida, where Nathaniel was from. Nazareth was also a small, obscure town. If it weren't for Jesus, nobody would know about Nazareth. So Nazarenes could have been the equivalent of ancient Palestinian hillbillies. Nathaniel may have genuinely not liked people from Nazareth. Nathaniel may have also had questions about the Messiah. He may have not wanted to believe that Jesus was who he was. But either way, Philip looked at Nathaniel and said, come and see. Last week, Steve introduced a new initiative called the One Challenge. And this year, we are asking you to pick one person who does not know Christ and do three things. First, pray for them. Second, eat with them. And third, ask them their story. And when you ask them their story, be prepared to share yours too, especially the hope that you have because of Jesus. You can learn more and commit to the One Challenge by clicking on the card at mypcc.info. My guess is you have friends like Nathaniel who need to be introduced to Jesus. As you begin the one challenge, I want to give you one piece of advice. This is something that stuck out to me in this story. Your desire to share your faith should come from your love for Christ. 
Andrew was so impacted by his first encounter with Jesus that he went and told his brother, Simon. Philip was also so impacted by his first encounter with Jesus that he went and told his friend, Nathaniel. We should be so moved by the things that Christ has done for us that we want to tell everyone. Telling people about Jesus shouldn't be hard. It should be a natural part of conversation because of the way we love him. I think that's the way that it works if you really love something. One of my hobbies is archery. Since I'm at home, I wanted to use a little prop. This is my bow. If I have free time, I want to be outside shooting my bow. And if we're good friends, you know that I love archery. If I'm not shooting, I'm probably looking at pictures or watching archery videos. Some of you, like my wife, are probably tired of hearing me talk about archery. But I just can't stop because it's something I love. It's something I'm passionate about. And I know that you probably have something that you're really passionate about too, and you do the same thing. Our desire to talk about Jesus should be the same. I've been blessed with several good friends from Saudi Arabia over the last several years. A few years ago, I took one of my Saudi friends to Hummel Park in Plainfield. It was springtime, so the grass was super green. We got out of the car, and the first thing my friend did was walk over to one of the big fields, literally get on his hands and knees, and feel the grass. This was a guy around my age, so I thought, that's kind of strange. But when he got up, he looked at me and said, I have never seen this much green in my life. And then it hit me. Saudi Arabia is a pretty dry place. So this probably was his first experience with this much green grass. After that, my friend took out his phone and he started taking pictures of the green grass and sending it to his friends back in Saudi Arabia. And his phone started blowing up. He's showing me, oh, hey, look, my friend liked the picture. I grew up around here. I took the green grass for granted, but my friend was captivated because he had never seen it before. Some of us have known Jesus for a long time. And sometimes we take that for granted. Now, that does not mean that we love Jesus any less. That does not mean that we are any less devoted to him. But it might mean that we've forgotten what it's like not to know Christ. I believe that there are people in our community and around the world who would accept Christ if someone just came to tell them. And that's our responsibility. We need to give them the opportunity to come and see, just like Philip did. We need to give them the opportunity to see who Jesus really is. So let's finish the story. We're in verse 47. It says, When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Jesus said, You believed because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. Then he added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So Nathanael insulted Nazareth, Jesus' hometown. But then Jesus called Nathanael a true Israelite. It seems like this caught Nathanael off guard. So he looked at Jesus and essentially said, You don't know me. 
Jesus said, yeah, I do. I saw you under the fig tree. Fig trees really don't mean anything to us, but fig trees have big, thick leaves. So they were one of the only places that people could find shade in that area at that time. And because of that, they were a popular place for ancient Jewish people to study the scriptures. Jesus probably saw Nathaniel studying scriptures under the fig tree, and that's how he knew he was a good man. Jesus used his knowledge to break the ice with Nathaniel, and Nathaniel's transformation was dramatic. He went from insulting Jesus to calling him rabbi, the son of God, and the king of Israel. I'm impressed by Nathaniel's faith. I want to have faith like Nathaniel. Because Nathaniel had really only had two interactions with Jesus. One, his friend Philip told him about Jesus. And second, he met Jesus once. But he still chose to believe. We have the whole Bible, the whole church, and so many more reasons to believe in Jesus than Nathaniel did. So next, Jesus said, you will see greater things than that. You will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. When Jesus said this, he was quoting from the Old Testament in Genesis 28. In that story, Jacob, the father of the Israelite people, had a dream. And in his dream, he saw a stairway to heaven. Angels were walking up and down this stairway. And then God spoke to Jacob and said, all peoples will be blessed through your offspring. Jesus was a descendant of Jacob. He was the fulfillment of this promise. So Jesus was saying, I am that stairway to heaven. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through me, and you're going to see it happen. And they did see it happen. The disciples saw all types of people be blessed through Jesus' ministry. And after Jesus' resurrection, they traveled the world to tell everybody about him. Jesus made three statements in this story. The first was, what do you want? The second was, come and see. And the third was, you will see greater things than that. Jesus said these things to his disciples, but it's important to remember that if he were here, he would likely say the same things to us. In my opinion, you will see greater things than that is the most important thing that Jesus said in this story. The disciples were searching for something when they came to Jesus. We're searching for something, whatever that may be. Jesus cares about our needs, but he wants so much more for us. He wants us to be part of his mission to bless all the peoples on the earth. I think that's what Jesus was talking about when he quoted Genesis 28. To close, I want to tell you about two ways that I think you can be a part of Jesus' mission to bless all the peoples on earth. First, you can go on a global impact trip. Yes, this is a shameless plug. (laughs) We're trying to figure out if we can take international trips this year. We want to make sure that our people and the people that we go to serve will be safe. I hope to share more information about that really soon. However, I want to tell you about another opportunity. Each year, we take a handful of disaster relief trips. And during these trips, our teams help clean up and rebuild after natural disasters and really care for the families that have been affected by these disasters. We never know when natural disasters are going to happen. So we're starting a disaster response group. We want to have a group of people that are willing to help people who are affected by disasters, whether locally or around the country. If you register for this group, 
We will send you information every time we're going to take a disaster relief trip. Almost anyone can serve in this way, but it's ideal for people who have construction experience and flexible work schedules. You can register by going to the Global Impact Trips page on mypcc.info. Second, you can bless people from other countries who live in our community. This is something I'm super passionate about. I love the west side of Indianapolis. And one of the reasons I love it is because it's so diverse. You can meet people from all over the world. You can also eat their food, which is something I really like too. You may not be able to go on a mission trip, but you can certainly befriend your neighbor, coworker, or classmate who's from another country. Earlier this year, I met a man from West Africa. I asked him what his favorite American food was. And he said, I don't know. I've only been to McDonald's. He had lived in the United States for a couple years, but he had never eaten a home-cooked American meal, and he had never been to an American home. That killed me on the inside. That is not the way things should be. God has brought the nations to us. And some of these people are from places that we could never send American missionaries. So we need to make the most of this opportunity. A lot of our international neighbors are also Christians. We can befriend them. We can help them navigate American culture, but we can also learn so much from them. I've experienced this firsthand. A couple of years ago, a family from Democratic Republic of Congo started attending our church. The father in this family is a pastor. His name is Mizak. Last fall, he approached me and asked if a group from his tribe called the Banyamalenge could start a worship service in their language in our church building. They wanted to be a part of our church, but they wanted a worship service in their language. Our elders agreed, so they hosted their first worship service at the beginning of November. It was really awesome. Around this time, our sermon series was on the book of Revelation. One week, we filmed a video from people, of people from our church reading Revelation 7. Uh, you probably remember that video. It had a bunch of different languages in it. Well, I asked Pastor Mizak if he would come in and read for this video. He did, and after we recorded the video, we went to my office to talk. Ryan Hardy, one of our missionaries, was working out of the office next to mine at that time. So I introduced him to Pastor Mizak. Pastor Mizak learned that Ryan is a Bible translator. So he told him about his friend, another Banya Malenge pastor who lived in Louisville, who wanted to translate the Bible into Kenya Malenge, which is their language. So Ryan reached out to Pioneer Bible Translators, the group that he works for, and asked them if they could help with this project. Well, they actually told him that they had already recruited a missionary to move to Louisville to work with Pastor Mizak's friend and translate the Bible into Kenya Malenge. That missionary just moved to Louisville, and translation should begin very soon. I think that's more than a coincidence. This group has taught me a lot about God's power. I could not go on mission trips this year, but a group of Africans came to our church. Just after their worship service began, we found out that one of our missionary sending agencies is translating the Bible into their language. I want to be clear about something. I did not do this. Plainfield Christian Church did not do this. God did this. He brought these people to us. I think that's what Jesus meant when he said, you will see greater things than that. 
We want you to be able to experience the awesome things that God is doing. And we want you to be able to learn from our Banya Malenge brothers and sisters. So we asked their worship team to lead one of our worship songs today. Before they begin, I'm going to pray. But before I pray, I want to say, Murakoze Chane, which means thank you very much in Kenya Malenge. Thank you so much if you helped us film this worship video. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for everything you've done. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to this earth. Lord, I'm so thankful for the way that he wanted to interact with his followers. I'm thankful that he cares about our needs. But Lord, I am so thankful that he desires even greater things for us and wants us to be a part of his mission to bless all the peoples on earth. God, I pray that for our church, that you would help us to do that, whether it's here in our community or around the world. Father, I'm also so thankful for our Banya Malenge friends who've become a part of our church. I pray that you'll bless their group. I pray that their group would grow. And Lord, I pray that we will all be blessed because of this worship song. I say this all in your name, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. It's our desire for you to grow in your understanding of Christ's love as you partner with us in our mission to love all people to new life in Christ. If you have any questions about our church or would like to plan a visit with us, go to plainfieldchristian.com. If you would like to receive our podcast every week, we encourage you to subscribe to the Plainfield Christian Church podcast on whatever podcasting platform you prefer. Have a great week.